from the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Good morning and welcome to GRN Alive Friday edition. It's September 25th, Friday of the 25th week in Ordinary Time. And uh, we are live today. It's beautiful where we are. We are officially in the season of fall. My personal favorite season of the year. I don't know why. It's something about fall. It just makes me, it's my happy season. So we hope you are enjoying your uh, Friday morning so far, and we invite you also to join in on the program today. We've got some great topics and uh, great in-studio guests. We've just got well, loaded up here in studio, 877-757-9424. I want to welcome all the folks in studio with me, Dr. Chris Malloy from the University of Dallas. How you doing, Dr. Chris? Dr. Doing Malloy? well. Good, good morning. Good to see you. Got a new bow tie on? I do. Yeah. Okay. I I like it's, to I like to do, I like to uh, th- uh, say things about appearance because then it drives people to our social media uh, platforms. They're like, I want to see what Dr. Malloy's bow tie looks like. I don't know, man. Maybe Alex I won't has answer. got a hat. We should, gonna... we should start like placing bets. What color it's going to be? What the you know, style's going to be? We, you know, you know your fun. kids must have the be- uh, easiest time buying you Christmas gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I bought two of these, and ever since then, I've been getting them as yeah. gifts. <laughs> yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I have an interview sometime on you and your bow ties. And and uh, Alex, we won't, we won't highlight it yet. Alex, at some point during this interview, is going to put on a hat that pertains to a topic we're going to talk mm, about. It's really yes. cool. Yes, it's so you got to check that out. Yeah. You do have to check that out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Of course, you heard Cecil Anderson's voice. Good morning, Cecil. Good morning. And uh, Alex Trevino. How you doing? Uh, great, great week. Uh, I, you know, we, I missed uh, not being here last Friday because of the of the share-a-thon. Yeah. I uh, heard it great and... Well, you you just led perfectly into our beautiful uh, our, segue. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, not planned. Like, so no, no, Great. yeah, dress rehearsal went just 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 <laughs> as well. But uh, anyways, Alex Trevino is here, and uh, he actually uh, brought a brought a friend of his who's going to be uh, our guest in the third segment. A really interesting topic. We'll tell you about that in just a second. Also, Diane Xavier is here. She's the silent one, but uh, she does a lot of great work behind the scenes, and she makes sure that we're up on Facebook. And Twitter, so if you want to go to either of those platforms and uh, see what's happening behind the scenes and all of us, uh, just go to that. And the uh, the handle is at GRN online is is what it is. So, all right, as uh, Alex mentioned, great Sherathon last week. This yes. is the first time we've been on the air since then. But, you know, last Monday we got on, and we were filling in for Houston, as you recall, and uh, Toya Hall, it happened to be her birthday, she gets on, and uh, she's, you know, we're, we're, we do that little surprise, and we get everybody calling in. And Toya mentions that her birthday wish is to get a thousand calls during the Sherathon, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that, that almost never happens. It doesn't. It doesn't. doesn't it's like eight hundred usually. Yeah, yeah. eight hundred, nine hundred, maybe. Yeah, eight hundred, yeah. eight fifty, maybe something like that. Uh, it, you would think, you know, when you reach uh, an audience, uh, a potential audience of twenty-one million people, you can get a thousand calls. But you know, that's just the reality of things. And so, I don't know if y'all heard. I know, Cicel, you heard it, but the last... <laughs> I haven't heard. You haven't heard. Okay, the last hour of the share Friday, you know, 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we go into the hour, and we've got about 870 calls, okay, going <laughs> yes. in. Wow. And so, we just decide, hey, you know, why not? Let's just go for it. <laughs> Let's just see if the listeners can... Come together, you know, any donation, any size, it's not, you know, any, any call in $5, $10, 
And by golly, the phones just lit up, and Sissel was taking calls and <laughs> texting her family members and uh, people. It, it was it, chaos, honestly. It was, uh, but uh, a beautiful chaos. At one point, we had 24 calls on all wow. the same time. So Whoa. That's and, why I ran away from the board. Uh, to take a call. <laughs> ended up with uh, 1,014 calls. Fantastic. That's awesome. In so, an hour. I would like to just yeah. like stress that, that that was in like just over an hour. Yeah. Well, the, the, the 1,014 were in four days, but the, yeah, no, that's 140. I, I meant that, like 100. Uh, Right. 40 in, in an hour, hour, which is in insane. One hour. We average probably what you say 20, 20 a call, an hour or yeah, something. I'd say a really a good hour is twenty five. I mean thirty calls. You're wow. you're really really doing well. Yeah, and, and to do that, and this was about one hundred fifty calls. Yeah, in that last that's hour. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I kind of wow. doubted it for a second when you first brought it up, but then that just goes to show. God can do anything. Yeah, it's yeah. like you just got to throw it out there and and not doubt. So did Sissel bylocate to answer all those? <laughs> I, you know, I kind of did. <laughs> Prayed to St. Yeah. Pio. Yes. But, it, but it, it, it was cool. And the hour before that, we had the, the, the San Antonio Family Association guys on. Yeah, the Safer guys, yeah. That hour was... Uh, so anyways, I, I thank everybody. You know, you really came through. We always say... Uh, so often that, you know, when we really need something, you come through and you did uh, in, in a real great fashion. So really appreciate uh, the generosity. And that means we got Catholic Radio for the next three months until Woo. the Christmas share time. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, a couple other things. Uh, we got some Fishers of Men events coming up across the network. If you're in the Birmingham area or you can drive in from Florida or Mississippi, there's uh, Damon Owens is going to be speaking as the, at the uh, Fishers of Men event October 8th in Birmingham. And then October 29th, Fishers of Men event in Midland, sold out. You cannot buy tickets. Guess wow. who the speaker is? He's uh, some 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 <laughs> bishop from Tyler, Texas. Uh, have you heard of him? Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no, no. Bishop Joseph Strickland. That's is the fantastic. Speaker. That that is sold out. And so, uh, anyways, you can probably still donate and support the uh, the efforts out there. All right. Uh, on the program today, as I alluded to last segment, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a documentary coming out called Mass of the Ages, How Tradition Will Restore the Church. And Alex, you're the one that kind of put all this together. So you want to highlight the, the topic and the guest? Yes. Yeah, so I'm friends with Jonathan Weiss, the, the producer of the documentary, and they're actually here in Dallas shooting this week. And so Cameron, the director, is here. And just from their website, it's a stunning documentary on the Latin Mass, and it investigates the connection between worship and belief with real stories and expert interviews. And uh, their video on their Kickstarter is unbelievable. It's shot just like a, you know, a very cinematic, pure film. Um, the, the angles are perfect. You see the incense. It's just, it's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's what's going to draw so many people to the yeah, Latin Mass, that's I believe. awesome. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that uh, Latin Mass is getting a lot more attention. A lot of people are being drawn to it. Uh, you know, our, our parish is an ordinary at parish, which is kind of in between the Nova Sordo and the, the Latin Mass. Uh, you, 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 you uh, uh, participate in the Latin Mass parish, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a modern day. I'm a convert, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, I am going to Latin Mass. I've been a member for almost two years. And uh, we, we've been going before that. Uh, the parish is very flexible uh, in terms of like get, allowing a first communion, you know, you take the exam and all that. So before we were members, we got some nice um, help assistance that way. And yeah. we've been members. So, and today, in fact, is an Ember Friday. So uh, that means it is a day of. I think everybody um, I was going to say to, to our uneducated yeah. listeners, <laughs> including See? myself, yeah, what does. Uh, so, um, um, yeah. I'm just kind of nodding like yeah, what I'm you're just, talking about. Like, what, what does that mean? So, Ember Days happen four times a year uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday of the year. And what they are is days of prayer and penance. Mm -hmm. And so it goes way back to the very early, the first century where we moved it on Wednesday and, and, and Friday, the, and the Jew, Jewish people would do it, I think, on um, uh, 
I'm mean, Monday and Wednesday or Monday and Thursday, something like that. And the, the Christians shifted it a little bit, you know, to the newness of the resurrection. And uh, it's they're great days to move into the fall with some penance, yeah. to move into the new season. It could be a liturgical season, um, say around around beginning of Lent, beginning of Pentecost. There are great ways to kind of remind us that it's not just Lent where you fast. Mm. Cool. Yeah, you so, knew that, did you? Yes, yeah, I, so, yeah, yeah. I canceled my, my Friday barbecue with all my friends. <laughs> I remembered it was Ember Day. Oh, of course. Yeah. Cancel that of course, day. I remembered. So. All right, so that'll be the last segment of the program. And we got uh, the, the, the director of the documentary who's joining us. He's actually already in studio, but uh, he's just uh, sitting there. But he'll, he'll join us and tell us more about that. And they had a fundraiser that just uh, exceeded the, uh, I mean, just like blew out the goal. Oh, it was and, nuts. Yeah, and that ticker was just, it was like exponentially climbing when I was watching it, you know, months ago, and so yeah, he'll, he'll tell that's you more. Awesome. And, and speaking awesome. of documentaries, uh, uh, also I, I had to do pre-record this because the guest couldn't come live. But there is a movie coming out called "Pray: The Father, uh, the Patrick Payton Story," coming to theaters two weeks from today, Friday, October 9th. And Father Patrick Payton is an amazing story. I mean, we've all heard the family that prays together stays together. He was the rosary priest. But, you know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen gets a lot of attention, and rightly so. Mm. I, I love Archbishop Fulton Sheen. I don't think as many people know about Father Payton. This guy... I don't like using the term rock star because I think it sounds kind of stupid, but, but <laughs> right. he, he really was kind of of that level of a really, really amazingly popular priest. He, uh, had a lot of friends in Hollywood. Hollywood loved him, which today wow. Hollywood pretty much Hates. Hates the Catholic <laughs> yeah. Church, but yeah. Unless um, you're on American Ninja Warrior, did you see that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a priest on, competing on yes. American Ninja Warrior well, with his clerics on and everything. Was it was awesome. Oh wow, that's awesome. And a also manly there's priest. The papal, yeah. the papal Ninja. We've had on the oh, show yeah. years ago. The, 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 awesome. Sean Bryan. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the papal Ninja. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. he was actually woo, woo. in studio. Oh, that's awesome. And he was second place last year. Did he year. like do any stunts in here for Facebook? I wish. I wish. Yeah, we don't really have nunchucks. Oh, that would have been awesome. So, anyways, Father David Guffey is the executive producer of the movie Pray, the, the, the Patrick Payton story, and so we'll play that interview here in a little bit as well. And Father Payton, just an amazing person. And uh, let's see, that that's the show. And then we got a lot to talk about as far as news, and Cecil's going to lead us in some of these news stories. Uh, don't say nothing's going on, because there's a uh, lot going on in the news. I'm going to catch you unawares one time again. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely a lot going on uh, in the news. Uh, this last Wednesday, we had the National Prayer Breakfast, which had guest uh, President Donald Trump, who had pre recorded remarks that included um, an announcement that he would be signing an executive order that would require medical care be given to infants who are born alive after failed abortion attempts. And he said, quote, today I'm announcing that I will be signing the born alive executive order to ensure that all precious babies born alive, no matter their circumstances, receive the medical care that they deserve. This is our uh, sacrosanct moral duty. Yeah. And yeah. so that was, it, the Born Alive Infant Abortion Survivors Act has been introduced several times in Congress. It's never, uh, it's been failed to become a law. And several states have passed their own version of the bill. But now that we're, kind of, it's getting up, this executive order, the full extent of it has not been released, but it's getting up there now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the most amazing thing is that any president has to do an executive order about this. Right, that seems something so I know. obvious. So, But you remember back in January of 2019, the governor of Virginia... Uh, Ralph Northam was on a radio program, uh, and he, his quote, we were talking about late-term abortion, abortion when a mother is literally in labor, and he said, quote, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered, the infant would be kept comfortable, 
The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. End quote. What's the discussion? Yeah, I just re-listened oh, to crazy. that a couple weeks chill. ago. And yeah, it brought me chills. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. felt that in a long time. It was It's logically scary. consistent, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is a life. Yeah. So wow. it's out of the womb. I mean, but the, the world is our womb in a sense. I mean, this is, it's consistent. It's, it's child murder all the way. Yeah. Jeez. But it's going to force the pro abortion side to either have to come out and criticize them for this, which is going to make them look horrible, or they're going to have to ease a little bit on their staunch support of abortion and say, okay, maybe we'll give you this, you right. know, but either way, they're going to, they're either going to upset their base. And what I've seen from a lot of abortion advocates too, is they say, well, babies aren't really born alive after abortion. That doesn't happen. And then, you know, on Twitter yesterday or whenever he announced it on Wednesday, um, Gianna Jessen, who we know has cerebral palsy, you know, survived mm-hmm. an abortion. She made a video thanking the president for that. Yeah. That he stood up for people yeah. like her who do exist. People deny that people like that exist. Yeah. And she spoke up. And that video is going pretty uh, going pretty viral right now on social media. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Absolutely. All right, so that yeah. was pretty cool. It there's was. A, was he all, oh, sorry, go ahead. There's a French movie, Jean de Florette, I think it is, that uh, is about a, uh, a man who's got a, a defect uh, from a botched abortion. Mm. Oh, wow. And it's a powerful French film. I, I would say caution if you're going to watch it with your children. There's mm. unfortunate you know, French nudity in there, but... Um, but it's a, I like how you said that it's, French it's, I, I, I'm, it's the European I, yeah, I'm not going to ask for well, elaboration on yeah, that one right, it's right. the European thing they, they yeah, throw it they in do. to they everything do. oh because yeah. we're Catholic wait yeah. a minute uh, yeah. you're not the Sistine Chapel they kind of have diff- different standards altogether. so alright what else is uh, happening in the news uh, well it's been exactly one week since um, Supreme Court Justice Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg has passed away which means that there's been a lot of speculation about who and when President Trump nominee will be announced, which has been said that it's going to happen tomorrow at 5 p.m. And he has about five women on this list, including um, the Sixth uh, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Joan Larson, Fourth Circuit Judge Allison Jones, and Deputy White House Counsel Kate Todd, and more popularly, the Eleventh Circuit Court Court Circuit Judge Barbara Lagoa and Educator um, and Judge Amy Cohen Barrett are the ones that are kind of in the front running. That was like and, the yeah. countdown list. Yeah, the countdown. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Power I, know, rankings. I was getting there. But, but I, was getting I think there. only two of them are really getting a lot of they attention. They are. Yeah, the other ones, it takes a little bit more effort to find their names. Yeah, right, um, right. But they're both practicing Catholics, which yeah. is amazing. You know what's amazing is that we have, what, 45 U.S. presidents. One of them has been Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Supreme Court... I think seven of them are Catholic right now. Mm. I mean, so for some reason, mm. when it comes to Supreme Court, everybody wants. Ca- I mean, well, the it seems to do good for some of them. Yeah, but, yeah. but, we, but we never. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah. So, uh, and that would put the conservative edge on the country's top court from six to three, from five to four. Um, so. There's a lot of speculation going on. There's a lot of emotions tied into this. Um, some people are saying that it should be wait. We should wait to have that until after the president is either reelected or the, uh, Biden is elected, so that the American people have more of a say in it. There's a lot of controversy. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get uh, kind of crazy. So tomorrow at five o'clock Eastern time, he's going to mm-hmm. make the announcement. Yes. Any bets? Wow. What do y'all think? <laughs> well, my my, oh, yeah. oh, my yeah. bet is with oh, the, the oh yeah okay so Alex, 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 you got to see this on you, you Facebook. You got to go to Facebook because <laughs> should we tell him what he, what he put? Uh, okay, well, yeah. I mean, Alex has put on a hat and it says.
says, the dogma lives loudly within me. That's right. So <laughs> Has anybody- now we know where I stand on, uh, on who should be picked. I, I put my, my kid's college fund on this Explain one. Explain so. that uh, for people who aren't familiar with that. And my second question is, has anybody like at the grocery store said like... I just got the hat yesterday, oh, okay. so this is my okay. first time. Haven't worn it Are you a designer? No, unfortunately, I wish I could take that. Would have been. Yeah, so the but, significance of the dogma lives um, loudly within me. So Amy Coney Barrett, when she was uh, when she was questioned in front of the Senate, what was it, two three years ago? Yeah, um, Diane Feinstein, Senator Diane, Fe- Diane Feinstein from California, uh, basically, in my opinion, complimented her and said that the dogma of the Catholic faith lives loudly within her. Mm-hmm. But she and, didn't mean uh, it as a compliment. No, of course not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I wonder if she would say the same thing to Nancy Pelosi, Joe mm-hmm. Biden, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. all the other practicing no, Catholics. No, because it doesn't. Right? So, <laughs> but yeah. uh, Amy Coney yeah. Barrett. Yeah, be, that, that's your nice. choice. All right, okay. we got one for Amy. Any predictions, Sissel? <laughs> I'm going to say Barbara Lagoa. Yeah, that's she why, would also be fantastic. They yeah. both would be fantastic. I'm just, I'm, I will have to be opposing to Alex. So we have a, you know, two uh, so there you go. Amy yeah. Coney Barrett uh, has <laughs> seven children. Two are adopted, uh, and she's she's I think 48 years old. She's yes. quite quite young. Barbara Lagoa is 52. And I, I tend to agree with Alex. I'd like to see Amy Coney Barrett. She's been everybody's been talking about her for years Just, now. She's yeah. been through the ringer for three yeah. years now. Yeah. She hasn't even she's gone been nominated it. to the Supreme Court. Yeah, she's withstood it for three years. I think she can she can handle it. That's and true. It just shows how fervent they are against her. That I heard she's, she's unflappable. Yeah. yeah, and and she's and, awesome. and kind. Yeah, mm. boy, she's gonna. I mean, whoever it is, they're gonna just grill, um, put them through the ringer. It's yeah, gonna be awesome. And I, I hope it's gonna look like child's play. I think. Yeah, this I mean, is the, like this is the one that everyone's really been waiting for. But yeah, it's so. mostly the the, the men, uh, the Supreme Court ones. You, you think of Clarence Thomas, you think of Robert Bork, you think of uh, what uh, Clarence Thomas had to go. I mean, uh, yeah. um, what uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh had to go through. Uh, uh, who was the uh, Gorsuch? Didn't seem yeah. to, to, to. It wasn't as he much of a early, Scalia, though. So it was just trading. Yeah. Even, it was like an even yeah. trade. Yeah, this, like, this is so. not an even yeah, trade. This is not going to be. This is this is, this is as polar opposite as it gets. All yeah. right, uh, I think we got to move on. Is there any other big stories or? Uh, no, I just think it. Uh, there was an article that we talked about that saying Roe v. Wade is on the ballot, um, which is something that I think a lot of presidential uh, campaigns have said, um, but this time with the death of um, Justice Ginsburg, it's it's a little bit different this time. It's all so about abortion. It's all about abortion. I mean, it's it's about killing babies. I, mm. It's like... 60 million. Yeah, why? Is Since this Roe v. Wade? Yes. Yeah, more. it's amazing. This is, a, this is a fight in our country about whether or not it should be legal to kill babies. I mean, that's the bottom line, and that's why the Supreme Court is such a big deal. It says so much about our mm-hmm. country. It's, 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 it's crazy. And I think it is going, yeah, it's going in the pro-life direction because yeah. many pro-life leaders have said that Planned Parenthood and other abortion clinics are making plans for what happens if yeah, abortion becomes illegal. And first debate Tuesday night yes. uh, between Trump and Biden. <laughs> we'll I, see if it happens. Yeah, it may have like Super Bowl ratings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, th- this, no. I don't know. It's going to call another another lid. Isn't that what they call it? And he's done for the day. Uh, it's called like nine so far this month. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. No, I, I At thought, like eight, nine in the morning. He's I, like, yep, I'm done for the day. I think it's oh, got to happen. It's got to oh, happen. Uh, yeah. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're just a few days away. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, again, the uh, phone number here. Thanks for joining us. This is Jaron Live Friday. Uh, good, lively conversation going on here. I, I had to pre-record an interview with Father David Guffey. He's the executive producer of the Prey movie, the story of Father Patrick Payton. And uh, play that now. We'll come back for a little bit of, of chat. And then we're going to talk about the mass of the ages, the, the Latin Mass, uh, uh, with our guest in studio. So here is my interview with Father David Guffey. 
Welcome back to GRN Alive. It's Friday morning and very, very happy to have on the line with me Father David Guffey. He is a Holy Cross father and he serves as National Director of the Family Theater Productions and also the executive producer of a really good movie that I have seen. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's called Pray, the Story of Patrick Payton, Father Patrick Payton. It comes out on October 9th, two weeks from today. I highly encourage that you see it. Uh, Father David Guffey, thanks uh, for being on the show with us this morning. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. All right. So you, like Father Payton, are a Holy Cross father. And tell us, if you would, for those who are not familiar with Family Theater Productions, uh, obviously it's kind of synonymous with Father Payton, but the mission continues today. What is the mission, and what, what do you all do on a, uh, a regular basis with the, the Family Theater Productions these days? We continue the mission of, servant, of, of venerable Father Patrick Payton. We create media that would entertain, inspire, and educate uh, people of faith. So we create projects that would help people grow in faith, but we also try to create projects that families can watch together or that, and stories that support family life and family unity in the faith. The, the story of uh, Father Peyton is just uh, amazing, and I think it's so well told in, in this movie. Uh, and there's just, uh, on, on the website, by the way, people can, if they want to learn more about the film, praythefilm.com is the, uh, the website. You can also watch the trailer there. It says, the inspiring true story of a poor Irish immigrant who set sail for America in 1928 with dreams of becoming a millionaire, but with the help of the most iconic celebrities in Hollywood, ends up spending his life championing the message. He's best known for the saying, the family that prays together stays together. And I'm wondering, I, I'm not, I don't recall exactly when Father Peyton died. Did you get to meet him personally or have any uh, contact with him? I did. I was in the seminary with Holy Cross, and our seminary is at the University of Notre Dame. So this would have been in the late 80s, just a few years before he passed away. Father Peyton had come to Notre Dame, and he walked in the dining room at the seminary, and all of a sudden the room got quiet. I barely knew who he was, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but people's response to him was amazing. And, and he was very quiet, even kind of a shy man, which is hard to believe, given all the people that he met and all the things that he did. But in that little, those that little bit of time at lunch with him at the seminary, there was such a gravitas about him and such a sense of holiness that it made me want to know more about him. And so in the years after that, I certainly got to know him a lot better. And I feel like he's one of my great mentors and friends now. Yeah. And how hands-on were you? And I want to talk about the movie and, of course, encourage everybody to see it. But as executive producer, were you there, you know, selecting the different interviews and the shots? Or how, how, what was your role in the movie? Well, my role was, uh, first of all, to get the project started. I started at Family Theater about 2008, and at that time we had a whole room uh, we called the vault, which is, was our media vault, and it had video and every sort of film and every sort of audio uh, device, uh, tapes and, and such. And I started to digitize those for the digital era and found that there was so much that hadn't been seen, and it seemed like there was a story still to tell. So I put together a production team that included an incredible young uh, Catholic filmmaker named Megan Harrington. And Megan and the, the team um, did most of the shooting. We, I kind of was the big picture person that um, 
kind of helped shape the general lines of the story, made sure that they had the resources they need to make the story. I was involved in all the cuts and, and um, the decisions about what went in the film, but I worked with an incredibly talented uh, team of storytellers uh, to, um, that really guided and shaped the film that you saw. Yeah. And I think the I know a lot of times people would say, "Oh, 2020 is not a, a year that you want to release a movie because of COVID and the restrictions." And but I think in some ways this is the perfect movie to come out this year because of some of the themes. And I just want to hit on a few of those and get your thoughts, uh, Father Guffey, if I may. And first of all, I mean, 2020 has been such a challenging year, and all of us have to mm-hmm. overcome in some way. And Father Peyton, as it's told in the story. Uh, in the movie, really had to kind of lift himself up through prayer from a almost certain death sentence from tuberculosis. And so he he hit a real low time in his life and found a way out of it through prayer, didn't he? He did. And, you know, if you and I had lived in the 1910s, 20s, or 30s, the disease that we would have been worried about for ourselves and our families would have been tuberculosis. Yes. Millions of people contracted it. Some people were in various stages of debil- debilitation, um, and many people died from it. There was no cure uh, till the onset of antibiotics. So Father Peyton is a seminarian just a year or so away from ordination, gets a severe uh, case of tuberculosis. And there was no hope. A priest friend of his who'd been a professor in college, a Holy Cross priest named Cornelius Haggerty, went and visited him and said, look, you have a relationship with God. You've loved the Blessed Mother. Turn to her and ask her and believe. Just believe. And um, if you believe 50%, she'll be a 50% or 100%, 100% her. So Father Peyton really turned to prayer in that moment of his sickness and that time of that kind of pandemic of the day. And, um, and he was healed. He, he found healing. Um, and so that wasn't the first time that prayer was part of his life. I mean, he had always prayed with his family. His family in Ireland uh, grew up praying the rosary every evening. But he, um, but he relied on that kind of foundation that he'd gotten from his home to get him through that difficult moment in his life as a young adult. And what, and what he did with that inspiration was remarkable. And I think a lot of it has to do, you know, he was ambitious. You know, as I said, he, he came over to America wanting to become a millionaire. So he had the, that kind of that built in ambition, but he took that and kind of baptized it in a sense and said all of his ambition was going to be in Thanksgiving to Our Lady. And then he just, took off. And it's hard in a brief interview to explain, uh, of course, it all comes out in the movie, what he was able to do in rallying people and Hollywood and families and uh, these big events. And <laughs> can you kind of summarize as best you can uh, kind of what his legacy is and what, you know, people say the family that prays together stays together, but that, that's the slogan. But what's behind that was a, a remarkable life, wasn't it? It really was, and at the heart of his, of the heart of all that he did is he believed that the family was the key institution. It was the, it was the domestic church. It was the building block for the the church. It was the building block of society, and people needed to be strong in that family unit, and they could be strong through prayer, especially the rosary. So that was his life's ambition. And he his whole life he never strayed from that. Whether it was his time in radio or television or film, all of those were to try to bring families together, inspire them to pray so they'd be stronger. In his whole life through the rallies, he was seen by over 28 million people in in-person events and the rallies that he did around the world 
in all those rallies, it kept the focus of this is about bringing your family to pray together so that you can be united with one another because you're united to God. Yes. Father David Guffey joining us, National Director of the Family Theater Productions, Executive Producer of Pray, the Story of Patrick Payton. It is coming out two weeks from today in theaters, October 9th, and you can go pray to praythefilm.com and learn more about it. And uh, just a, an amazing, remarkable story of a, of a humble man who grew up in Ireland, comes over to America, and then just sets the, the, the world on fire in a great way and now his legacy continues. Uh, F- Father, what, what are you hearing from people who have seen the movie, the impact it's having on families, people maybe having a rededication to the rosary or prayer? What, what, what have been the fruits even now before it's come out, or what are you hearing? We've had an incredible response from all kinds of people that have seen the film. When we first made the film, frankly, we thought it would be mainly for a Catholic audience. Um, but when we started to show it to um, people in test screenings, non-Catholics, other Christians, and even people that didn't have any faith were captivated by the story. So, and we think it'll especially be interesting to a Catholic audience. We've heard people say they started to pray with their family. I had a woman that um, I talked to after an interview that I did the other day, and she uh, decided she was going to pray with her teenage daughters. And it was going to, she thought it would be a hard sell, but, you know, they got together, they sat, they, they sort of said what they were praying for, what their intentions and needs were, and they prayed a decade of the rosary. And she said it was the closest she'd felt to her daughters in a long time. And after they had prayed the rosary, the two girls uh, snuggled up uh, uh, close to her on the couch, and they, they just, just sat and talked the evening. That, that's sort of immediate proof. That won't happen for everyone, but it shows the kinds of things prayer opens up for a family. Yeah. You know, one other thing uh, I wanted to, to mention is the movie really highlights how Father Peyton was able to penetrate Hollywood. He was able to befriend some of the top stars of the day. And it almost seems like today <clears throat> there's a a seeming conflict between anything having to do with entertainment, Hollywood, and the Catholic Church, and there's that tension. And maybe it was a different era, and there may not have been as much anti-Catholic bias back then, but he still was able to do what it would be great to do today if we were able to penetrate and maybe get Hollywood to be a little bit more Catholic-friendly. So can you speak on that aspect of his life and how he was able to befriend some of the top stars of the day in Hollywood? Yeah, it, it was a different era. And he started by going to parishes where there were Catholic celebrities, were, you know, where they worshipped. But it went far beyond Catholic celebrities. Uh, you know, Father Peyton had great writers for his radio show. Each, each of his shows was a little radio place, actually. It was a little story. Um, and each week they had a different star. So they were attracted to the quality of the work. They were happy to do something that was good for family. I believe there's still a lot of people that are. And 10 years ago, it was a lot harder than it is today. What's changed is Catholics have shown that they're an audience. They've shown that they will support media that um, is quality media that supports their faith. So we've seen a succession of really interesting and good films with Catholic themes that have done quite well. Once you show Hollywood that there's an audience for something, uh, they're going to be a lot more supportive of it. And for a long time, they didn't believe that we were an audience that would actually go to a movie theater or watch a show on TV or, or buy a quality program. They're learning that 
we are there and our, our Catholics do want to watch things that reflect their values. Yeah, that is certainly true. Uh, Father David Guffey joining us again. The movie comes out two weeks from today. It's called Pray the Story of Patrick Payton. I was able to see an early release of it. Really good. It's fascinating. Uh, you'll, you'll be inspired. I think like Father said, you, you, you'll be inspired to pray more and get to the family together and pray the rosary. Uh, Father, what are the particulars? I, I, this is going to be in theaters. Is it also going to be available via stream? Can people pre-order it? What can they do now other than plan on two weeks from now going to see it in the theater? What, what, what should they do? Theater is the first thing, but look for a streaming release in January. Streaming and and we'll also have a parish program. We have all kinds of parish resources for parishes that might want to do an event for Lent next year in their parish to use this as a way to um, kickstart family prayer within their parishes. So all that's on the website, and the website will have details about where it will be available. So I'd encourage people to go that, go to the website, and uh, you can sign up for updates too, so that when you can get your listeners can get. Um, first alert when uh, the streaming it's available for pre-order and when it's available for parish events. Yeah. You know, just out of curiosity, this the question just popped into my mind. Uh, was he friendly with uh, Bishop, Ar- uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen? Did uh, they, they seem to both kind of like the media and, and uh, have you know, similar kind of charismatic personalities. Uh, were, were, did they know each other? They did. And uh, Father Pat was quite a bit younger than Bishop Sheen. Yeah. And, but, but so Bishop Sheen was a real mentor to Father Pat when he was first getting started in radio and his whole life, um, you know, they kept in contact. Uh, Bishop Sheen did a few shows with us. Father Father Peyton did a few things with Bishop Sheen. So yeah, they were friends and they stayed connected over the years. Yeah. And I, and I thought of him because you, you referred to him as venerable. And uh, of course, people are watching the hopeful eventual canonization of uh, Bishop Sheen and uh, Michael, Father Michael McGivney, his cause is underway. And then also Father yeah. pa- Patrick Payton as well. Any updates on how that's going or um, if you see that being a, a very likelihood down the road? We're hopeful. Every day we get messages from people around the world who found comfort and even healing from Father Peyton. A couple of those we've investigated, sent to diocese for investigation, and there's a couple that are under investigation in the the Vatican right now. So people are really turning to him and recognizing Father Peyton as, as a holy man, and we hope the Church will recognize that too. Yeah, we can ask everybody to pray for that as well. Father David Guffey, thank you so much. The movie is called Pray, the Story of Patrick Payton in theaters October 9th. And his father said, look for the uh, stream release in January of 2021. And the website is praythefilm.com. Father Guffey, thanks so much for your time this morning. God bless. Thank you for having me. All right, there you have it. Uh, so I highly encourage that film. Again, this is uh, somebody that a lot of people don't know that much about, and I think we need to know more about him because uh, the lessons, the power of prayer, pray the rosary, you know, uh, lean on Our Lady. I mean, there's a lot of lessons from his life. I was amazed at Ralph Cramden. Ralph Cramden. Hamana, 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 hamana. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. I've I seen see it. It. I've seen it. It's kind of documentary style, but the guy had a magnetism. You know, there's kind of these intangibles that people were just drawn to him, and he would have some of these rosary rallies that would draw. I mean, I think he. I, I, I'm thinking he went to like the Philippines, and half a million people came. It's oh like the goodness. Pope. Wow. You know, it's like a wow. Pope audience. What John Paul II back in the day. Wow. You know, back then, or in, you yeah. know, back then. That's like, that's like in the forties and fifties, right? Yeah. Yeah. And is there any, I know it's a different age, 
But uh, is is there any you know bishop priest that could you know kind of influence Hollywood mm. and bring Hollywood to, to the church like Sheen did, like uh, you know f- f- Father. We uh, need it. Who's situated <laughs> to do that is is Bishop Barron. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. he's in L.A. I mean right. he's there. Right, right. But too bad so many people are leaving L.A. right now. So <laughs> <laughs> not many. There's not gonna be many people left there. To, he's got a dwindling yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah, so I mean Austin's probably where it's at now. In the, well, that's yeah. the group the that world. really needs it though. If yeah, you think about it. they yeah. really do. So I was thinking also, you know, the the cause of canonization. Uh, three three, you know, priests come to mind. Of course, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Mm-hmm. That one's kind of weird because it was on and then it was off, and who knows what's going on there. Of course, you got Father Michael McGivney, the the founder of the Knights Mm -hmm. of Columbus. His cause is underway. And then Father Patrick Payton. These are great. These are are Mm -hmm. three uh, uh, American uh, priests slash bishops that. Great intercessors for us now, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, anyways, uh, he's, he's connected with the whole, the rosary and the family. So, he's doing that. And then, you know, of course, we have the Fatima, and then. The uh, private revelation to Lucia uh, later after Fatima, where she says the final battle. We've, yeah. we've talked about that. Right. The family, the family. versus Satan. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's clearly after the family now. Yeah. With the whole LG plus, et cetera. Yeah. The whole everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the daily rosary, that's something that uh, I, I've said before. Our family goes kind of off and on and off and on, but we've gotten kind of pretty consistent with it now. And uh, I highly recommend it. And, it and, I, and I will say, you know, for those who have young kids, you know, like Alex, if you start it early, you know, if you're mm-hmm. trying to start it, we'll start it, it when right. they're in high school. They're like, oh, come on. Yeah, but, exactly. But if they've been doing it since they were, you know, two yeah, years yeah. old, it's just like, ah, oh, this is just what mom and dad do. I started, I started <laughs> teaching the, the Hail Mary to my three-year-old and it was high. Hi, Mary, the Ford is with thee. <laughs> We're getting there. Mary's yeah. not a Ford. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. Well, my, my, my seven-year-old son, you know, he'll say a deck of the rosary, but he does it, you know, speed. I mean, he, he is, you <laughs> yeah. know, like almost to the point. But, you know, yeah. hey, that's it. It worked for the Fatima kids. That's true. That's, him, you know, that's so. true. Maybe the uh, the angel of Portugal is going to visit my son that and would, say, hey, that you know. So awesome. <laughs> Slow it down. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, uh, come back, and we're going to talk about a wonderful documentary that is uh, not even now yet. It's being shot literally today, and uh, the director, Cameron O'Hearn, joins us in studio. And so it's about the Latin Mass, and we'll uh, learn about the rising popularity of it, what is it, the beauty of it, and so these kind of things. And we do invite you to call in if you have any questions, or maybe you go to a Latin Mass parish, you want to talk about your experience, or do do your kids like it? Uh, Is it hard, you know, know, a lot of things we could talk about. Um, the, The phone number is 877- 7757-9424. So a quick break. We'll come back with GRN Alive Friday right after this. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. I've never heard y'all before. There is this lady with her big white SUV, and on the back of the windshield is this big cross with y'all's radio station underneath. Put it on y'all's radio station anyhow, and then it starts talking about the saints and how the saints give you signs, and they lead you into the right direction. I just appreciate you and God for putting that sign in my life and letting me know that it, it is Him, and it's okay. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. 
Solidarity Health Shares rebuilding Catholic health care in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so that you never have to worry about your health care dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all health care needs, protect human life, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity Health Share in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic health care by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Pray the story of Patrick Payton is coming to theaters nationwide on October 9th. The film tells the inspiring true story of a poor Irish immigrant who set sail for America in 1928 with dreams of becoming a millionaire, but with the help of the most iconic celebrities of Hollywood, ends up spending his life championing the message, the family that prays together stays together. The miraculous true story of venerable Patrick Payton, his heroic life of perseverance and prayer, is coming to theaters nationwide on October 9th. For more information, praythefilm.com. All right, we're back. This is GRN Live Friday morning. We and, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're live in the North Texas studio. The whole gang is here in studio guest as well. Phone number 877-757-9424. There is a stunning documentary on the Latin Mass coming out. It's called Mass of the Ages, investigating the connection between worship and belief with real stories and expert interviews. And we are joined in studio with the director of the documentary, Cameron O'Hearn. Uh, joins us, which is interesting because typically when somebody joins us, the, the the film or the project is done. But you guys are like, like literally doing it right now, right? Literally yesterday, <laughs> yeah. we started uh, day one of production. We just had our Kickstarter fully fund, uh, doubled our goal. It was incredible, and now uh, yesterday was our first day of production. So yeah. Oh well, sorry we for pulling you out of. And you shooting. picked Dallas. Know. You know, stressful. That's got to be. So, thanks you. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, yeah, in Dallas. Why Dallas? Well, actually, we're we're trying to stretch the budget as far as possible. So we were already on a shootout here, and uh, we interviewed Dr. Taylor Marshall yesterday and Dr. Michael Foley at University of Baylor. So we're just finding people where we're already going to, but then we have the budget to, you know, go to Italy and France and wow. the UK. And oh, wow. we're going to be everywhere. That is Thanks awesome. to that successful Kickstarter project, huh? That's you right. get to travel the world. So what's the premise? What, what, uh, what was the inspiration? Uh, what's it all about? Well, I could, I could talk about the inspiration. I mean, it goes back to my own uh, personal faith. Yeah. Um, so in high school, I, had, I was on a retreat, and they had Eucharistic procession with the monstrance. And uh, I had a lot going on in my life. Uh, I was in impure relationships and all this and just crazy high school kid but i knew about jesus i just didn't know the character of jesus i didn't know who jesus was but in this moment as the eucharist was passing by i felt his powerful love come into me Mm. and i believed he was who he said he was that this this eucharist in front of me was really jesus the king yeah and ever since that moment i had a I wanted to spend time with him. I wanted to get to know him. And at Mass, I started to recognize this is Jesus the King who's here. Do we really believe this? Like, this is, this is a bizarre, insane belief. But we as Catholics believe yeah. that every Mass, Jesus is actually there as if I'm in Nazareth, like hanging out with him. He's actually touching me. Like, these are, this is crazy. And, um, and then the Pew Research study comes out. 70% of Catholics don't believe in the real presence, the distinctive Catholic doctrine. 
And um, even of mass-going Catholics every Sunday, only 60% of them believe in the real presence. And so, so it, it just came down to me in adoration one, one evening, and it's one of those times you hear this quiet voice within you that's very clear, do something about it. Like, what am I supposed to do about it? Yeah. And I made a simple video. I was like, I did something about it. It's like, no, I, 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 <laughs> job done. Yeah. Job's done. Yes. <laughs> did it. I want to I do something big, something so big that I know that I couldn't have done it myself. Yeah. I'm just going to jump and let feel the parachute cords, you yeah. know? And that was the whole Kickstarter. It's like, let's just start, you know, let's just jump and see what happens. And, um, we want to do a feature-length documentary on the Latin Mass because we believe there's a strong connection between the way we worship and what we believe. Mm -hmm. There's a dictum that goes back to the 5th century from St. Prosper of Aquitaine, uh, and it's Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi. The law of prayer is the law of belief. So mm -hmm. we believe that the way we worship is the foundation to what we believe, and we believe that the reason why the majority of Catholics don't believe in the real presence is simply because we're not acting like it. Mm. And we want to show, you know, they're, they're, the, the whole liturgy question is very complicated. I'm not an expert. We're going to interview experts. But while all that is being worked out, you know, what are you doing next Sunday? Where are you going to Mass? What, what are you taking your children to? And I've found that the Latin Mass simply treats Jesus as the king. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's as simple as that. We act like he's the king. All f all the focus is on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Even the even the way the priest, you know, holds holds the blessed sacrament, uh, focuses on the blessed sacrament. He keeps his forefinger and his thumb together after the consecration, just to not lose any particle. Before and after each time he touches the Eucharist, he genuflects. You know, the patent is always held horizontal under the Eucharist, just so no particle is lost. We receive on our tongue, kneeling. It's just everything is about, oh, we really, really believe this. Mm -hmm. And that trickles down to everything. Yeah. Amazing. Were you surprised at the response? Uh, yes. I mean, was who, who's uh, this like a whole bunch of grassroots people or a couple of big donors come in? I mean, uh, what, what, I mean, you tripled your, what you expected for the Kickstarter project. Obviously, there's there's a will out there to to get the story out there. Yeah, uh, it was a lot. It was grassroots. It was yeah. a lot of people donating and giving. We had um, about twenty people giving a substantial gift of you know over two thousand dollars. We call them our subdeacons. <laughs> um and uh so but mostly it was just the grassroots just people we we thought if if we could just get something out there and show that this is a legitimate thing we're not just running around with a video camera making a youtube video that this is actually a film you can yeah. see in the theaters um that if we got that out there and people saw it, it was it was quality that people would rally behind it, and that's exactly what happened. So did you have a little video to, to get that going that showed the professionality? Because I, I feel that I've seen this, I th so I thought you were already done, because I thought I saw something <laughs> yeah. of high quality. I don't have much time to do Facebook, but I think it was Dr. Kravznewski sent something. Yep. Is, would that that's be correct? correct? Okay. Yeah, so we wanted to make basically a trailer before the movie is made. So usually Fantastic. the trailer comes after the movie, but yeah. we... 
you have to give people an idea of what the film would be if it was funded. Right. And what they're funding, what they're putting their money yeah. towards, yeah. right? And to show yeah. that it's quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say is that, is. Video, that video itself, I think, just sold it so beautifully. It's impressive. It, I mean, it, it gave you a very clear indication of just the type of quality that was going to go into the, the Yeah, film. we have an amazing team. I've been working with a producer, Jonathan Weiss. He was Shout out to Jonathan. I could not have done this without him because... You can you can really feel isolated and like it's too big to carry on your own and it certainly is, um, and I needed him and a year ago we were talking about this can this really happen and he was he was just my support through it all so we we did it together and the cinematography is done by Thomas Shannon who's who's with us uh, today working with us and it, he made it absolutely stunning and it was just a team coming together. You know, we, we did it for free just to get it out there, just yeah. to hustle and do it. And then we got this huge response and now we can make this feature length documentary. Awesome. Yeah. I saw on, on Kickstarter too, you're, you have like 1600 backers or something like that. I actually don't remember the number. It, but it's that's online. Like, I saw it online today. <laughs> yeah. 1600 people yeah. who believe in this. What does it mean? Backers. 1600 support, like people who financial supporters. Yeah, yeah. It's like the thousand callers for the Sherathon. They, yeah. you know, 1600 people that, that donated. they got more than we did. I know. <laughs> share <laughs> share the secrets. Hey, let me, let me ask you about, uh, Samorum Pontificum, the significance of that. Uh, you can tell everybody, uh, what that is. And also people are likely familiar with the FSSP, the uh, priestly fraternity of St. Peter. I did a little research as far is uh, how many dioceses, how many parishes. I don't, I don't know if you have those numbers on top of your head. I, I can share those as far as, but, but about the, the, the growing popularity of the, the traditional Latin Mass. Yeah, I mean, with your little research, you might know more than I do about the numbers <laughs> and things. Um, my role is to interview the experts, get them in front of the camera. I'm the director. I have the creative vision. But I, I do know a bit about it. I love studying the liturgy. And yeah. what I would say about um, Sumorum Pontificum is that Benedict Sixteenth liberalized the use of the extraordinary form, which is was his term for the traditional Latin mass, the Roman rite, um, the 1962 Missal before all the changes. And what I mean by that is uh, a priest doesn't need permission from the Pope to celebrate the Latin mass. Any mm-hmm. priest can learn it. If you have a stable group of faithful at a parish who requests it, they must get the Latin mass. They, they deserve the Latin mass. And even if the priest doesn't allow it or the bishop doesn't allow it, it goes all the way up to the Ecclesia Dei Commission, um, which was established by John Paul II. And so it goes all the way up to the Vatican uh, so that it ensures that if there's a stable group of faithful who want the Latin Mass, they get it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes you hear young people are drawn to the Latin Mass. Do you get any, any and again, I, I talked about those statistics, so I'll just share those. Uh, a very, very cur- you know, quick, you know, I don't know if these numbers are act, uh, accurate or not, but uh, uh, according to the FSSP website, they're active in 39 dioceses in the U.S., 7 in Canada, um, 112 priests working in 54 apostolates, and the uh it's it's grown pretty significantly in the last uh, you know 10 years or so and so this is growing in popularity there's no doubt about that but anyways young people the the, the are are drawn to this big families you know who, yeah. who's who, yeah. who's being drawn to the last young mass? people aren't they don't know the politics behind the changes to the liturgy which happened yeah. in the 60s so when they come to the latin mass it's like uncovering a buried treasure if you want to use the kingdom of god analogy in a field you, yeah. you just see this treasure and you bury it in a field and you buy the field and then you you uh, get the treasure um it's 
it's a new thing for young people, and it, it's an ancient, mysterious, beautiful, profound thing. And there's some also some connection between um, the kinds of families who attend Latin Mass and how many kids they want to have. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, you see a, a lot of big families, a lot of young families. About I I I think the past four weekends at my parish. Uh, there was three times, so at three of the four uh, weekends, I there was a new family I met. Mm-hmm. Just like came, and so we're just we constant we're constantly growing, um, and that's just anecdotal. But I, I'm sure there should be a study done on it because I hear it all over the place. People are saying my parish is standing room only. Like we just have, <laughs> we need to add another mass. Everyone's flocking to the Latin mass. Yeah, interesting. Um, what um. What? Who are people that you are featuring in the documentary? You mentioned Dr. Taylor Marshall. You interviewed him yesterday. Um, who else are you going to be featuring? If you can share that information with us. You know, I I don't know how much I can share uh, besides saying that we have bishops who've expressed interest in being interviewed, who've actually said I would be willing to be interviewed. That's awesome. Um, uh, some cardinals, perhaps, who uh, have expressed interest. Um, and then, uh, I mean, besides that, we interviewed Dr. Marshall this morning. Um, I don't think he'd mind me saying Dr. Peter Kwasniewski. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anyone from the Liturgical Institute is listening, we want to interview you. <laughs> I think we have them all listening every Cause, Friday morning. Here's yeah. the thing, like, um, there's, there's, a, there's a range of people who can appreciate the Latin Mass and take their family to the Latin Mass. And I think uh, sometimes there's a there's a mentality that people who go to the Latin Mass are just like bitter and angry and uh, judgmental. And that is, there are people like that, certainly. Um, But that has not been my experience, my family's experience, my friend's experience of the Latin Mass community. So we want to interview people who kind of break that stereotype, not just quote unquote trad Catholics, traditional Catholics, but you know, people more in the middle who just uh, maybe they go to Novus Ordo most of the time. But we, we, we want a, a good documentary kind of just lays out all the evidence and lets the audience make a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the person? And, and I know there's a lot of people thinking this. It's like, you know, I, I don't I go to a mass and I can't understand a word the priest is saying. And it, it he's talking real quietly. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, that's one of the objections. Uh, the, the vernacular, I, at least I hear what he's, I understand. He's speaking in my language. What would you say to, to that objection? Well, he's not talking to you, first of all. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the truth. Truth bomb. There it is. Good. 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 But, uh, uh, it, maybe saying it in a more friendly way would would be to encourage people to attend more than just one time or, or yeah. twice. I think, um, especially if try to attend a high mass, which is a sung mass where you have a choir singing the the ordinary and singing some polyphony. Um, it because then you can just you know rest in the silence and the and the music and the the nice thing about you know the priest. Um, uh, facing ad orientum and and saying a lot of the prayers in silence is that uh, you're not cons- you don't have to constantly track with every single word the priest is saying. And Benedict XVI said sometimes we can become overwhelmed at mere words when we should be encountering the word, mm-hmm. and that that's what silence 
gives us, an opportunity to encounter the Word, Jesus Christ. And so, yes, it is uh, certainly difficult for some people their first time. Usually, uh, I've heard it said many times, go five times. Go for a month. Yeah. Try going for Advent, and just every Sunday for Advent, and see, see what it is uh, you appreciate about it. Yeah. Cameron O'Hearn joins us, director of the, the Mass of the Ages. And uh, by the way, our, our um, Joe McLean down in Houston, he, he says, uh, when he started using the missile to follow and pray along, he has to say, I've never felt this connected to the Mass before. And so, you know, my question about the translation, you can follow in English if you get the missile and you know where the Mass is and all that. I've it, done that before. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's difficult the first time because you're expecting the priest to kind of hold your hand and kind of be the MC and walk you yeah, through it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, after you go a few times, then the missile just becomes this thing you can pray out of. You can actually pray at the mass. Yeah. Which should, you should, you can actually pray the mass. Like you, you actually meditate on the introit uh, or the first reading. You know, you don't have to um, track with every single word the priest is saying. So the missile is amazing. Yeah. It has that Latin and English side by side and you can just, if something hits you, you can just sit with that and just, yeah. oh my goodness, like, let me just pray with this again and again and again. And yeah. Cameron, let me, uh, just because we're about to run out of time in the radio program, I don't know if you're going to hang out a little bit after the after show with us or not, maybe even for five or 10 minutes if you can. Um, but when do you expect it to be done? How can people watch it? You've raised all the funds. Uh, so that part's done. But any, any guess as to when this will be released and how people can watch it? Yeah. So I'm, uh, we will be done by Christmas 2021. Okay. Um, I hope to be done sooner, uh, but certainly uh, it has a lot to do with COVID and travel restrictions and that thing. But we're going to get this done. We're fully funded. It's happening right now. Um, if you go to theliturgy.org, okay. uh, you can you can find us and find us there. All right. Hang awesome. around a few minutes afterwards. All right. We will uh, let our hair down and have a further discussion on our social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter, uh, at GRN Online. So thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Have a great weekend. And don't forget, Joe and the team will be on Monday morning. Thank with you your- for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. 
Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.